Hello, mighty people of the Most High and Magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word today, straight out of the Word of God. Going to be talking out of Jeremiah 23, Matthew 7, 2 Corinthians 11. So if you will fasten your five-point spiritual harness, we're going to go for a ride. But before I start, I'd like to pray. Father God, I come to you, Lord, asking you to touch my mouth today. Touch my thoughts, touch my heart, touch my mind, touch my spirit as I speak and hold back the things that would not be spoken and and then release things that need to be spoken. Lord, you know I have struggled this morning on whether or not to even do this podcast. But Lord God, show up in this podcast today and minister to your people, minister to me through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Sometimes just a very honest, simplistic prayer is where it needs to be, right? Um, Yeah, I kind of, um, I was pondering on some things this morning. This is a word that I have on my heart that I've been been reading, and I thought, you know, I'm going to put this on a podcast. Um, It's a word that I've spoken many times, And I think, honestly, I think this is the last one. (laughs) I think this is the last one being of this particular passage. I have really beat this drum over the last two years. Um, I'm going to keep doing my podcast because there's something about when you get to minister to others, it's healing for your own soul. It's it gives you a new purpose. Some of you out there may be, may be being called to do just that. It might be a YouTube channel. It might be something special that's just for you, um, that God is assigning just for you to do. Everybody has a special part, okay? Um, be obedient to the Lord and do that. I know that this podcast has been a blessing to me, that as I've been allowed to minister to others, Um, it has ministered to me because God teaches us as we are learning, as we are teaching, you know, as we are reading and, and, you know, I'm always amazed when I get up to speak or when I do a podcast, um, some of the things that will come out of my mouth that will be like just points that I, I get light bulb moments as I'm speaking. I love that. But this particular word, I think that I've beat this drum long enough, but I'm going to beat it this one last time. And I'm talking out of Jeremiah 23. And I tell you what triggered me. I get these little triggers, and then I pull the pull the trigger on, on the word. <laughs> it's, um, oh, another cookie false prophet. You know, you come across these people, and you think, well, they look legitimate. You know, they they look like the real deal. They look sincere because they are sincere. They're sincere and they are sincerely deceived and they are sincerely deceiving others. That's the best kind of false prophet is somebody who's speaking out of the lies of the the enemy, the doctrines of devils, but they have been thoroughly convinced that it's from God. They make the best false prophets and false teachers. Um, um, and so I saw this this lady, and uh, I'm not, should I name her name? I, I'm not sure that I should. I, it's not really, there's so many of them. I don't, I'm not here to, you know, bash on people's ministries. Once in a while, I'll name names. I don't mind doing that. I just don't need to. But I was watching her. And she comes real strong, and she'll tell you a lot of things that she's had all these dreams, and <clears throat> you know she's not all funky haired and weird looking, and and everything. She seems very put together. Um, she she comes with a lot of dreams and visions. And don't get me wrong, I don't knock those things. I believe in God will communicate with dreams and visions. Sometimes He certainly does with me. Um, um, but you have to put all those things before the Lord. Um, and just because you have a dream or a vision um, doesn't mean that uh, you, you're even saved. 
Okay, there's lots of unsaved people that have dreams and visions and such and prophetic dreams, okay? Um, dreams are tools uh, that that we can use in our in our walk, but we have to put dreams before the Lord. And you will know if it's from the Lord or not. Um, you will know that God will give you the gift of discernment and you need to pray over those dreams, okay? Um, anyways, let me go on. So she's talking about... Um, she went on to talk about how she went into this lady's house, this family, and it was uh, just a few days ago, and um, they were putting their Christmas decorations up, and as they were putting their Christmas decorations up, they started to be tormented by some kind of a demonic spirit in their home, and I'm not here to bash on Christmas today, okay? I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to be the Holy Ghost in your life. Okay, there's only one Holy Ghost in your life. I personally have uh, felt convicted to turn away from some of these old holidays and things that have been customary all of my life. Um, that's just me. And I'm certainly not condemning you if you still do. Um, but I will say that uh, this family was putting up these decorations and they started being tormented by some kind of a demonic spirit in their home. Um, and she came, they called on this woman to help them. And she came to their home. And when they, she got there, they had put all their Christmas decorations up and put them back in the garage. And, and everything seemed to have quieted down and the home seemed peaceful. And so she went through the home and then went to the garage and there was a heavy spirit around the Christmas decorations. Um, I'm gonna, I mean, it, it was a very strange story. And um, she said, <laughs> this is where I'm going to try to keep a straight face. Okay. <laughs> so she and her assistant get out there. Uh, she's important enough to have an assistant. She's very narcissistic. You know, she uh, calls herself an apostle. I'm going to get around to it. I've got scriptures I'm fixing to read. So she gets out into the Christmas decorations. And she says that the Holy Spirit tells her that this is an anti-Christmas spirit that's tormenting the family. It's an anti-Christmas spirit. So I guess it's kind of like a Scrooge spirit or a Grinch spirit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, it's just too funny to me. So, okay, so she casts it out of the house. And I don't know what happens after that. I don't know if they put their Christmas decorations back in the house. I don't know. I didn't get that far because I was laughing hysterically. Okay, an anti-Christmas spirit. It was so obviously flawed that it, it couldn't be more obvious. I mean, you really have to want to be deceived, okay? Um, I think, let me just go on a little tiny, um, little tiny rabbit trail for just a second. I'm not, I don't want to get too deep into this Christmas stuff, okay? And let me give you a little foreground, is I used to be Miss Christmas. I loved Christmas, and, and I still have warm memories during this season right now, of all of those years of, of happy times when my children were growing up and the Christmas being unwrapped and the food cooking. And those were some of the warmest memories of my life. It's, it's not those things so much that God has, I believe God has a problem with. That's not what it is. The families coming together is a beautiful thing. I love it. I love it. And there's nothing wrong with that. So please don't be condemned. That is not what I'm here to do. Where the Lord showed me, uh, He convicted me, was um, the roots and the foundations of this were not from God. Um, they are pagan. Um, many pagan traditions during this time um, is 
from putting out the cookies and the milk for Santa food and drink offerings to the tree to the balls on the tree and all of these different the Yule log um, <clears throat> look up Krampus you know the origins of Santa Claus these kind of things it was when the Lord started convicting me in 2019 and I didn't get it that year um, it was 2020 really when he started to really really press on me about this and I had never ever been convicted about it never ever but it coincided with the scripture come ye out of my out of her my people that ye may not partake is God is calling his people out of some of these old he doesn't want the rudiments of this world on you or me he wants our our garments to be white he wants us to be separated out because he's about to judge that old whore okay that old seductress that old whore of babylon and many many are her traditions okay so i went there for a second because the ridiculousness of God contradicting himself as he has confirmed himself with so many believers today. Many, many other believers. I'm, I mean, I've been shocked as I came out of that and I put it up on the shelf and I said, oh, my pretty Christmas tree. And I had just bought all new decorations just a couple few years ago. All oh, beautiful white, crystal, all kinds. I had it decked with beautiful uh, peppermints and it was so beautiful. <laughs> very lovely you know it was a girl tree though you know because it's all girls in my house and uh um that was hard but you know i tell you what if you don't get anything out of this other than this right here when you give up something that you really like even if it's something just small or you give up something that You've taken a lot of joy in and you say, I'm going to give this up to the Lord. And you know, if the Lord wants to give it back to me in the future and he doesn't have a problem or he's just testing me for a season, that's fine. But I'm going to give it up to the Lord. He will bless you. This message is going to offend a lot of people. I know it is. And I may, I probably will lose some listeners over it because people love their traditions. They love their traditions, okay? I certainly loved mine. I did, absolutely. Never dreamed in a thousand years that it would be me that to end up being Miss Scrooge. Um, I mean, y'all just don't understand. I mean, I, I mean, I decked the halls. I mean, I... Christmas was a, a, a time that I just, I loved it. The gifts and the giving and going shopping and finding the special little gifts for every person and making the little doodads I'd make for gifts for people and give them away. And um, all of that, the fun, the carols, going out and looking at the Christmas lights. And it was just something that we looked forward to all year long. What are we going to do this year for Christmas? Or how are we going to do Christmas this year? You know, are we going to do anything special? That was so much a part of our cult, our family culture and my life growing up. I have so many stories from that. Um, and um, I got some really interesting stories from that. Um, <laughs> I really do. I'm tempted to tell one of them right now, but I, I don't know if I should or not. You know, maybe I will. I'm going to do it. Um, when I was a little girl, my daddy bought 219 acres out in the hill country. And he's since sold it down to 49, 49 acres. He still has 49 acres. But um, we had a big valley and a mountain that wrapped around it mountain it's kind of like a hill you know it's like those hills out in the hill country they snake around you know they uh, look like wrinkles in the earth but we had a cove back up in there and it was a big valley out in front it's a beautiful place and then the 1980 recession hit and my father he was struggling for work very badly um 
and it was some kind of tough times there for quite a while. I don't know how long it was. I don't know if it was a couple of years or what, but it seemed like it was for quite a, a season in our lives. And um, my brother, who was eight years older than me, um, this is before they outlawed the foot traps for animals, but this is a true story. I look back on this in my life and I think, um, did that happen to me? I feel like I'm such a country girl. So we had like three or four stock tanks. I'm going to think here. I had think of one, two. We had two. No, I don't want to exaggerate. We actually had three, but one of them would always go dry. So three, three stock tanks. And he would go out to these stock tanks and he would put these foot traps around the stock tanks and bait them up. And he would catch raccoons. And he would catch them, he'd kill them, and he'd skin them. And then, you know, he would take them down to the feed store in Adamsville, Texas, and he would sell the hides. And they would buy them from him. And what they did with them from there, I'm sure they took and sent them off somewhere else and got a premium wholesale price for them wherever they sold them off. This is back in the early 80s. And he actually bought my Christmas, his little sister's Christmas. (laughs) that year by trapping cones and skinning them. I know that sounds really redneck, um, but that's what happened. And it's actually a very special memory for me. And it's an honor to tell it. I didn't plan on telling that this morning, but it's an honor to tell it because today is my husband's birthday. My birthday is on the 17th this week and my brother's birthday is on the 18th and so I guess I'm gonna kind of tell that today in honor of him but that was my Christmas story so over the years did God use Christmas in different ways in our lives to to form stories in our lives sure he did sure he did I've got so many stories of ways that God showed up during the Christmas season But just because I have all those memories, that doesn't mean that the times haven't changed. There's something new in this world's atmosphere, okay? This new, this antichrist order that's coming in, God has been exposing to us, friends, the systems of this world. He's been exposing what what we haven't seen all these many, many generations. He's showing us things and the roots of things as, as information is more freely available that we did not have before. We're being, we're learning, we're learning the, the pagan roots of many things, not just certain holidays, but many things. Even some of our old doctrines that we held near and dear to our hearts. There are things that are being exposed. And it's right out there wide open for us to see it. If we will desire to hear. Okay, desire to hear the truth. Which is where I'm getting to. So this girl with this anti-Christmas spirit. It sounded ridiculous to me. It sounded ridiculous to me. um, Being that. I know what the pagan roots are of all of that and that God is calling his people out to be separate and to 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 <clears throat> grow up beyond okay those things that are just pleasing to the flesh grow up beyond that be willing to let go of this world uh, my son is going to get on here in uh, probably a couple of weeks, and I'm going to get his testimony, and he'll tell you to let go of this world. He's going to tell you some of, of what he ex- has recently experienced. He's had a major, major transformation. It was like God just popped him in the back of the head, and scales just popped off. It's really fascinating. I love listening to him. He's got some interesting insights. Um, So she was talking about... All of that, you know, it was so obvious to me that she was hearing from a different spirit. She was, she was hearing from a different spirit. She was sincerely deceived, sincerely deceived and deceiving others. And that's where Jeremiah 23 comes in. That, that brought me back to Jeremiah 23 is what causes us to be deceived? 
many things. Sometimes we are raised in deception because our parents taught it to us and their parents taught it to them and so forth. Great grandparents taught it to them. And so it cements it into our lives, into our thinking as this is the way I was raised. This is the way I was taught. There's a reason why the Bible says, train a child up in the way that he should go and in the end thereof, he shall not depart from it. There's a reason why God says that because he knows that the training of a child is critical to the foundation of the way that they believe. And it's very hard for a person who has been raised up in wrong doctrines or wrong ways of thinking to break free of those old molds. It's very difficult, but it can be done in Christ, right? In Christ, we can do all things. You hear of people coming out of false religions. You hear of people coming out of all kinds of things that they were raised in. But the question I have is, how do people get deceived by the enemy in the first place? How? It's really very simple. He tells them what they want to hear. It's just as simple as that. He te- he finds that weak place in us um, that it, it always appeals to the flesh. And he knows what that secret desire is. He knows what that secret hurt is that he put there. <laughs> he knows where that space is that something that we desire and he tells us what we want to hear. And because we, we, we are catering to the flesh wants of our, ourselves more than what really the Spirit is telling us, we gobble it up. And that's what happened in Jeremiah 23. Is, is these prophets, which I'm about to read, okay? These prophets, the false prophets in Jeremiah 23, um... They were telling people what they desired to hear rather than what was the truth. It's very simplistic and obvious. Um, But the people received it so willingly. And the word tells us what it really was. Okay. And I'm going to read that real quick. I'm going to skip forward to verse 17. No, I'm going to go back to verse... um, 15. Bear with me. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the, of the Lord. Okay, in this whole chapter, I mean, it's, it's, it's rough for people who are not leading properly. It starts out in verse one, woe being sorrow, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Woe means sorrow. Okay, and then it reads on through, go back and get all that. Okay. And then goes on to say, they say still unto them that despise me. Now, I have that underlined in my Bible. They say, they being the false prophets, unto them that despise me. Okay. The Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. Now, we know that they tell us what we want to hear. But you, you know, this is where it gets very complicated and very interesting. It's going to take tremendous discernment. Pray for discernment. That is one of the greatest gifts you could have right now, my brother and my sister. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice listening to this podcast that God will give you a bigger measure of discernment because we need it. (laughs) We need it more now than ever. We need it desperately. The enemy is very subtle. Subtle. 
very sneaky. And if we don't have discernment, we will be easily deceived, even the wisest among us. And you know, I was looking at this lady, and she comes strong. Um, she comes strong like she's, she tells you, uh, there's some things she tells in her dreams that are warnings and things that are going to happen and, and all of that. And it's peppered with, um, you know, judgment and this is going to come and that's going to come. And, and, um, well, you know, I, I believe in that too, you know, so it kind of appealed to me and I was listening. Um, but then it dawned on me and it occurred to me that, the enemy is so good at counterfeiting the true word of God that he'll make it sound like, um, he'll make it sound real. I mean, he'll make it sound like, uh, oh, you know, well, she's not a willy-nilly prophet. She's going to give you the tough stuff too. But when you really start getting in there and listening to the uh, the whole message of all of her ministry is nothing but about, I had a dream, I had a prophecy, I had a vision, the Lord said, okay, nothing about repentance. I'm getting there. I'm going to get there. That ties into Jeremiah 23 too. Nothing about repentance and the simplicity of Christ and dying to the flesh of this world and, and, um, the love of Christ and, and, uh, um, walking up under the truth and being willing to, um, to give up the things of this world. None of that, but she, she talks a lot about, uh, the wealth transfer and that sort of thing and she peppers it with judgment and how god's gonna judge the wicked but he's gonna do this big wealth transfer okay with the with the righteous see satan takes everything and distorts it the word tells us uh the the word tells us okay that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous that the silver and the gold belong to the lord yes it does say these things uh, the, the word tells us that we can be prosperous even in this wicked world and he can turn these world systems around to bless you in business or whatnot or bless your household so that you don't go without. Yes, he does. He does say that in the Bible, but they take and they take it way off and they, they do something different with it and spin it because the enemy is subtle. Do not be to see the enemy is subtle. When you start going back to some of these things that I told, I shared back in, I think it was plain vanilla Christianity, but I have to double check. But it's the one that I shared about the I Am movement uh, with Guy Ballard and St. Germain, um, uh, Madame Blavatsky and Theosophy and the uh, Emerald Tablets and how Oprah is tied into the secret with Joel Osteen, all that's the same. And then how it, it bleeds over into all these other falsities out there, uh, the NAR, New Apostolic Reformation and the Seven Mount Mendes. If you will take notes, like jot those terms down and just read, <laughs> trying to get people to read when they're walking around with a computer in their hand that's more that's more powerful than a desktop computer we had in the 90s the information is right in front of us if you'll just look those things up i like to print them out on my printer and have them in paper form in front of me and get my highlighters out and look and start putting these things together i'm like a little conspiracy theorist i have a whiteboard i don't really have a whiteboard but uh you know i like to read those things and um but let god show you let god speak to you and then once you have that foundation of understanding that god has shown you what the deceptions are you can spot it from a mile away like this lady you know i was looking and i was like oh i see what you're from i see what you're doing she doesn't know any better because she's sincerely deceived sincerely deceived people are like i said the easiest to use for the enemy they they're so convinced they don't bat an eyelash. They don't look shady because they sincerely believe what they're telling you. Because they, they are, but they are have been lied to by the enemy. 
I'm sure that Eve was sincerely deceived whenever she handed the fruit to Adam and said, eat. He said it would make us smarter. It would give us more knowledge. You see, I'm sure she sincerely meant it. It was done in in a form of innocence. She wasn't innocent because she disobeyed God, okay? But she really believed it was okay. And then after, it was like, whoops, <laughs> whoops, got that one wrong. How many of, of the peop, of people in, in, in trying to follow the Lord today, uh, in the body today, are eating fruits that are handed to them by people who are sincerely but deceived and may turn around later and say, whoops, I'm so sorry. I, I, I thought I was right. I, I would have never given you that fruit if I thought it was, I had no idea I was deceived. But that's who the, Satan uses. He uses people just like that. Went on a rant there for a minute. But they go to these meetings, you know. They go to these house of prayer meetings. Look that up. Sounds innocent enough, doesn't it? House of prayer. Wow. You know. <laughs> I want prayer. Let's go in there. You go in there find out it's a bunch of kooky stuff. <clears throat> it's a bunch of kooky stuff. Counterfeit gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, counterfeits look exactly like the real deal. Unless you have a trained eye. Okay, that trained eye is your gift of discernment. Um, now I'm getting somewhere with this. This, so here, bear, bear with me. So why were these people in Jeremiah 23 able to be deceived? The word says it was because they despised him. They despised the true word. Um, the word is Jesus. You know, they despised the true message. And he says they despised him. So they rejected the word of the true prophet. There was only one of him. You notice how many more false prophets there are compared to God's very few true prophets out there. You can spot them, you know. Um, not very many. But there's scores of false prophets. Same thing in Jeremiah's day. Just one of him, you know. And um, they threw him in jail later. And um, so they lie to him. They tell him what they want to hear. No evil shall come upon you. Um, <clears throat> and they're saying unto everyone. Now this is talking about the people who are listening to false prophecy. They say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. Have you noticed that when you get in, the, listen to these certain circles of people, they're always having imaginations in their own minds and hearts, and they'll tell you, well, I see, or whatever I see, I see vision, vision, I have images, I have little words popping in my, my ears, little, okay, um, Yes, the Lord does speak to us where he will drop a word in your spirit to have you study a certain thing or whatnot. The still small voice is very real, uh, that, that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, but don't you know that the enemy also wants to drop things in uh, and, and to scramble the message, you know? The enemy wants to scramble the message. He wants to get your mind and your heart off of the simplicity of the word. So that you get deceived. Because what happens is people, they want to be deceived. They just don't realize it. They want to believe anything other than what the word is actually saying to them. Um, they don't want to hear, pick up your cross and follow me. They don't want to hear that we may be persecuted in this last hour. That's not appealing to the flesh. What they want to hear is they want to hear, oh, there's going to be a great wealth transfer. And you're going to be so rotten rich that um, none of that's going to be able to touch you. Well, I got news for you. Guess what? Let me tell you something. It wouldn't matter how much money you have. If they started doing that kind of thing today like they did back in Hitler's day, ain't no money's going to save you. Because trust me, money didn't save a lot of people who were very wealthy back then either. They'll just take it from you. 
So, it, I'll tell you something. Money and sex, those are the two things Satan uses the most in this world. Have you noticed that? To, to seduce. Um, so, anyways, the prophets of Jeremiah, the true prophet was preaching repentance. Repent of your sins. Turn away from these wicked things. Turn unto the Lord. Repent. Fall down in sackcloth and ashes. Turn away from these false lies and idols. And in today's world, in today's modern church environment, these false idols are the I Am movement, movement, St. Germain Christianity, New World Order movement, okay, in the churches. They've traded in the gritty truth of Christ for the mystical Christ. The same Christ that's presented in the Gospel of Thomas. For those of you who haven't taken a peep of that, you can get it for free online. Just type in Gospel of Thomas PDF. But I'll warn you, <laughs> it's not our Jesus. My sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. They've traded in um, the simplicity of this word that's straightforward. The wisdom of, of the Holy Spirit is easily entreated. Okay, it's not complex to the point where it's this like a sage like guru sitting on a mountain in the wind type of a sound that they have. They've traded that because it's not fancy. Um, it doesn't make people follow them as easily and give them as much um, glory, self glory. They've traded all that. For this mystical Jesus. Looks like an Eastern religion Jesus in the church. Very sad. Because they wanted to be deceived. They wanted to be deceived. They did not want to hear about repent from your sins. Turn on to Jesus. Love others and love Jesus unto sacrifice. Stick true to the very end. Stick true to love. Lay up the things you would like to have and follow Christ. Well, they don't want that. I could beat that all day. But it goes back to repentance. Okay? That's what it goes back to. They don't want that. And so, Paul over here warned them trying to get around to Matthew 7. I don't know if I'm going to get back there or not, but he warned him, and I don't want to read the whole thing, because there's a lot here. I've already, I've already, like I said, this is, I think, the last time I'm ever going to preach this message on this podcast. Um, if I ever uh, get the opportunity again to stand up in front of people and speak, I may speak this word to them. I think people need to hear it, but this is the last time. Time to move on to other things. If people are going to want to be deceived out there, they're just going to do it. Okay? God's been crying out through his common sense, uh, modern-day prophets and apostles and um, preachers. Okay, get in the boat. Okay, get in the boat, meaning get in the truth. Get up under the covering of this word because it's starting to sprinkle. Okay? God's big old hands fixing to shut that boat closed. I'm telling you, it's coming. Um, so Paul told him in for, uh, chapter 11, 2 Corinthians, verses 1 through 4. I think I'm going to read just 1 through 3. Would would to God ye be... ye? The King James gets me tongue-tied sometimes. Bear with me. Um, I still read my King James Bible because that's what I grew up on. I have been tempted to get me a new King James Bible, which is much easier to read. I actually have one. I have the Ray Comfort version, and I love Ray Comfort, <laughs> too. Um, I have his Bible. I really like that Bible, and I highly recommend it. But you know how you get comfortable with something you've had for all these years, and this black Bible has been with me for so long. I've been through so much with this Bible and it's been with me, and I don't want to... It's like my special Bible. <laughs> so, if you get frustrated with me reading from the King James sometimes, I'm sorry. But So, he says, Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. 
for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Paul is talking to this church. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through subtlety, through subtlety, did you hear? So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, Satan always has something more and mystical and exciting to offer. And prophecy is the perfect thing for him to deceive people with. And which brings me to a super quick and important point, but super important is one of the main arguments of some of these people that defend these false prophets um, is people don't understand that just because false prophets um, not everything that they prophesy is how do I word this they can give you prophecies prophecies in quotations that will come to pass and they can prophesy to people and know things that they should not know in the natural okay therefore making themselves look like the real deal like wow how did you know that only God that could only come through God oh don't be deceived no honey it couldn't only come through God for there to be a supernatural entity or a power that speaks to a person that knows things about you that can also be a spirit and it's a very uh deceiving spirit okay um you can and don't turn me off now some of you are so aggravated with me you're probably fixing to turn this off like she's talked about christmas she's talking about personal prophecy she's dogging on that stuff no please 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 hear me out I'm not dogging out personal prophecy. I have been prophesied to <clears throat> throughout the different years of, of my life. And, and I do believe in personal prophecy. It has ministered to me. But I have also been false prophesied to and misled by personal prophecy. That it wasn't from God. But it sounded like it was from God. I've been down that road. And it hurt me. It messed with my faith. It made me get angry with God. That's why I think I'm so passionate about this subject of false prophets. Because I have been a victim. That's why I want to share this with you. I have been a victim of false prophets in my past. I was deceived at one point. And then once God took me on this journey, I was like, oh, this is how it happened. Okay? Um, so, so personal prophecy is real. Um, it, but you have to put all of that before the Lord or you can be deceived by it because yes, there's prophets today that they can, they can know what the enemy's about to do. Uh, another prophecy coming from this woman is that the, the mantle of Ruth Bader Ginsburg was falling on AOC. That may all be true in the demonic spirit realm. Okay, in those higher entities, we, we war not against the flesh, but against uh, principalities and spirits and, and such in high places. Uh, that may be their plan. Uh, take this spirit that was on Ruth Bader Ginsburg and move it over to AOC. That was one of her political prophecies. Well, to me, it's just like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that or even a prophet. But, but that may be true. That's what the enemy is, just the enemy showing this woman what he's doing behind the scenes and making her look like a big prophet of God. Okay? The, the deception is so intricate. Matter of fact, Jesus said that um, if, it, if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived by these dis the many false prophets in this last day and in these things that are going to happen um, that by the false prophets and by so many of, of these lying signs and wonders lying signs and wonders don't get me wrong I am a signs, wonders and miracle woman I've walked that way my whole life I have seen the miraculous deliverance of my might, my great and mighty God and I believe in it with all of my heart. When I need a physician, I go to Jesus. 
He's my great physician. When I need something from God, whether it's some kind of a financial crisis or it's some kind of a thing that I'm looking for, breakthrough in one of my relationships or whatever, salvation in one of my children, I go to Jesus and I pray for a supernatural move of His precious Holy Spirit. And I have seen physical manifestations of the healing power of God. I believe in all. I've had the Lord speak to me and say things over the years. This is what is going to happen. This is what the enemy's up to. Um, I've seen these things. So yes, just like these prophets, these true prophets of God in the Bible, God guided them. He spoke to them. He can do the same with you. The word tells us that he gives, he speaks to us in a still small voice. Okay, but we have to keep our hearts pointed towards the most important thing. The thing that matters more than anything in the world that the Lord has driven home over and over and over again in this word. Over and over from Genesis to Revelations. Okay, it's love. Oh, come on, Heather, it's not so, that's so oversimplistic. No, it's not oversimplistic. Read Matthew 7. If you want to be deceived, get your focus off of the love of God. Get your focus off of the righteousness of God. Righteousness is love. Walking in uprightness is walking in love. Okay? Love. Loving God. Doing right. Loving your neighbor enough. You don't cheat them. You walk in righteousness. You deal You deal rightly with them because of love. Oh, so many things. Love is this. God is love. And when you get your heart off of that being the most important thing, loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and that love flowing through you to your neighbor, when you get your mind off of that, the simplicity of the message, we repent for our sins because we love God. We love Him. And we are sorry for how we offended Him. Love. People that get their eyes off of love are destined to be deceived because now the enemy comes in and says, well, I'm going to fill up that big ego there. They, they want to look important, exalt themselves above others, which love doesn't do. I'm going to give them a false spirit of prophecy, and they're going to look so important in front of everybody. And I'm, I'm going to reveal some things in there that are even true, make them look like a real prophet. Satan's just sitting there behind the curtain laughing in his fist. You see what I'm saying? Because they got their eyes off of what was most important. They thought that what made them important to God was all their gifts. But that's not what makes you important to God. Gifts are things to be used in your spiritual arsenal out of love. They're not to be used as weapons. They're not to be weaponized against other Christians. Oh, I'm going to go there. I could keep going there. I could talk on that for a long time. We'd be sitting here for three hours with some of the stories I've seen. I've seen some of the goofiest things. Um, Back in the early or mid to late 2000s, it's like the Lord took me on like a little spirit, a long spiritual journey to many various different places and I didn't stay in any of them I would go in there and I'd be there for a couple of services or so and I'd start seeing the weirdest stuff (laughs) I've seen some stuff that just some of it's laughable but also sad you know and then um, I've seen some of the meanest so-called prophets of God mean mean spirited say mean things hurtful things to people, I'm not talking about. It, I'm not talking about telling people what they want, don't want to hear. Um, I'm talking about God, you know, and the thing, the harder sayings He needs us to understand. I'm talking about um, 
flat out mean. I was in this one service one time. This preacher, a prophet, you know. And he started making fun of obese people. And really, truly making fun of, saying some of the meanest things. And, you know, I was looking around the room, and I was looking at some of the heavier, fluffier people in the room, and I was thinking, I wonder how they feel right now. But he was a prophet, and he could. He could tell you stuff that you didn't, you know, would never dream he'd know. But it was later in my life, the Lord, show me. He doesn't have the love of God. Get away from this person. They're destructive. And um, the spirits that some of these people hear from, they're so convinced is God. And I worry for their souls. I do. I worry for them. Um, so if it's not if it's not coupled with the love of God, get away from it. Because here in Matthew 7... Go and read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read a few verses, okay? It's talking about earlier in the chapter and about midway through there. It's talking about starting about 15 where it talks about being being aware of false prophets, okay? Which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. It's specifically talking about this. And then the very next statement, what does he go into in 16 and 17 and 18 and 19? He starts talking about fruit. He's talking about good, a good tree brings forth good fruit. Okay. He's talking about fruit. You know, as God talked about fruits and harvest and planting a lot, he used those, those things quite a bit. Um, Uh, And then he goes on in 22 to say, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. It's like this woman's casting out this Christmas, anti-Christmas devil. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And in thy name done many wonderful works. In other words, all these big light show works that they're doing. To get everybody's attention. Look, look. Oh, the light show. Look at it. Oh, the grandeur going on and on. You know, the 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 people, uh, evil generation. Jesus said this is an evil generation that they want to see a sign. Anybody see the passion? It reminds me of that scene with with Herod, where Jesus was brought before Herod, and he was so goofy looking and had on his weird makeup, and he was. Uh, partying and drinking and they brought Jesus in there and he said uh, uh, can you show us a little miracle you know it, it you know I mean that I don't know what how true to life that scene was but I could imagine it being something like that it was him saying can you do us a little magic trick do us a little magic trick so we can be entertained that's what they're doing in a lot of these places don't be deceived It's just magic tricks. Or they're misusing their gifts. Or they're being spoken to by a a false spirit. If, If prophecy is not brought to you in the love of Christ. To help you. To warn you. To keep your foot from falling. To deliver you from evil. Okay. It's not from God. Get away from it. Everything we, sh- we do, it should be marked with some form of love, of goodness, kindness, mercy, forgiveness. Okay? These fruits in Matthew 7, these fruits right here, Jet- Paul later expanded on the fruit, and he, went, and he got very specific about the fruits. We know about that. I'm telling you. These fruits are not for sissies. It takes a strong person who's determined to overcome the flesh to produce fruit. I'm telling you something. Meekness is not for weak people. Meekness isn't weakness. All meekness is is restrained strength. Okay? Um, But you don't see a lot of um, meekness in those circles. What you see is a big, uh, uh, lots of, of uh, 
showing deceiving signs and wonders and prophecies and and when it becomes so obvious that they're deceived that it's it's difficult for a person like myself or a person such as yourself um it's difficult for us to stay quiet and and i don't think we should i think we should warn others but this is my last like i said this is my last message about this i don't believe i'm going to do this again on my my podcast um i feel totally released from this message i've shared it I'm blue in the face. I pray to God that people out there have heard some of these terminologies um, about what I mentioned uh, earlier this year. Uh, St. Germain, I Am Movement, how that's all tied into the Q Movement, uh, how all of that is tied into um, all of it. Oprah, uh, Kenneth Copeland, um, Word of Faith, uh, nor, I mean, it just, you could just, I could sit here all day long. It just go on and on and on and on and on. Hoping and praying that people will come out of the paradigms of this lying false world and get back to the simplicity and the grittiness of just walking with Jesus. Standing on the word. Getting away from things that want to make you feel or pump your ego up. Okay? Get back to the simplicity of the fruit of the Spirit. And that being said, I would like to wrap this up and uh, be done with it. And I pray that you got something out of it. And um, for those of you who are offended that I said some things about what I feel about Christmas, um, um, I'm sorry that you're offended by that. Please don't make me, please don't think that I am condemning you if you have like a nice Christmas dinner with your family or you buy your children some things for Christmas. I'm certainly not. Um, where I stand on that matter is that I know in my heart what the Lord has told me and you know um, sometimes when the Lord tells us something us individually it may look innocent to others and they may even get angry with you and they may say God didn't tell you that God wouldn't do that you're being too legalistic oh I can't stand legalism I'll tell you that right now. I am not about that. I'm about walking in the spirit. And I, and that's a whole other thing for another podcast. But um, no, I'm not being legalistic. I am being obedient to what I heard God say to me. And that's one thing when it comes to walking in obedience. Remember, this is the year of obedience is what the Lord put on this year. This is the year you would have better pay attention. Um, I can't wait to share my son's testimony. Speaking of obedience, I, I'm just really blown away. Wow. Um, matter of fact, he heard my last podcast that one about obedience uh, or a couple of times ago, and he never listened to my podcast, you know, because prophets without honor in their own family. So see, <laughs> I'm not calling myself a prophet. I'm just quoting that scripture. You know, we don't have as much credibility with our own family members. You know, it's just mom. She's preaching a podcast. But he said, I made a point to listen to that because I knew there was something in there for me, mom. But um, you have to be obedient to what God is telling you to do. You know, I've talked about specific instructions. Everybody has specific instructions, okay? Where he may have one person over here starting a farm. One person across the country may be selling their house and all their goods and moving across the country. Everybody has different instructions. You have to be obedient to your specific instructions. If Abraham had not been obedient to his specific instructions. How would that have affected modern times? He had to be obedient to what God told him. It didn't make any sense to anyone else. 
So I have done the longest podcast I think I've ever done. I'm, uh, I'm going to listen to it now and see if it's publishable. And um, I pray that you are blessed during your holiday season with your family, whatever you celebrate, uh, whether it be uh, Christmas or Hanukkah. Some people are doing Hanukkah now or whatnot. God bless you and have a lovely day.